I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of which, coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Radius moment, oh man, multi-level marketing. How do you know when one is legit and when you're just having your wallet cleaned out? I'm going to give you an example, try to get you on the right path when you're interested in doing a multi-level. And coming up yet later, when you have a problem with an airline, how in the world do you file a claim and actually get them to pay? Not easy. I want to talk you through what you need to do if you are traveling this Thanksgiving or Christmas. So we have a trade spat going on with Europe, and there are a number of items that we have just slapped 25% tariffs on them, which are basically taxes that you and I pay as consumers. And these new taxes are coming in just a week. And these these new taxes will raise the cost of wines from Europe, most wines 25%, cheeses from Europe 25%, and a variety of other items will go up 25%. Uh, a lot of people love butter from Ireland, but we're punishing the Irish with a 25% tax for you buying butter from Ireland. And there's a long list of items. And I am, if you've listened to me for any period of time, you know I hate trade wars. I hate tariffs. Uh, They lead to economic declines. They're going to put a lot of countries in recession, maybe even us. And this one in particular is really fascinating because there are international actions that the U.S. has filed against Europe and Europe has filed against us. The first decision concerned the European airplane maker Airbus that makes its planes in the United States and Alabama. And so Airbus was accused by the United States and now has been validated by an international tribunal as getting illegal subsidies to sell their planes to airlines, including many airlines in the United States. And Boeing is facing a similar action that the ruling's not going to come out for several more months because Boeing also has been receiving what under international rules are illegal subsidies. And so the Europeans are going to be able to slap us with all kinds of tariffs about that. And this is, um, this is odd stuff, but for you and me as consumers... The impact, and this has been true through so much of the hullabaloo about tariffs the last couple of years, is that they affect you and me as consumers generally a lot less than you might think because we do what's called brand substituting even without thinking about it. When we're buying something and an item we love is up in price, we might not even realize, we say, oh, I don't want to pay that. Um, I'll buy this item over here. So the effect on us as individuals 
is usually not very large. And a lot of the uh, other tariffs that have happened have raised prices on end goods that you and I buy, like automobiles um, that are made right here in the United States, have gone up, ironically enough, because of tariffs on other countries. So when, when you shop, the effect on you as an individual is pretty small. If you work in an industry that is caught up in trade actions, trade wars, tariffs, all that, you can be very heavily affected. It can cost you your job. And the oddest thing from a lot of the tariffs that were put in two years ago, they were looked at as things that would increase American employment and affected industries, actually had the opposite effect and reduced employment in some of the industries targeted. So this is a very, very messy thing when we start fighting with people, particularly with our allies in Europe. But I just want you to know that for your own wallet, this is really not a story you need to worry about or fret about unless you just gotta, gotta, gotta have that cheese or butter or wine or whatever. This is a non-event for you. Terry is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Terry. Hi, Clark. I just T- want to say it's a, a real honor to talk to you, and I'm a long-time listener. I want to thank you for everything you do for everybody. Well, it's my honor, and it's great to have you here. And you were asking me a question, I gather, that is one that has been something that's concerned a lot of people. So hit me with it. Well, it's concerning the online savings accounts. Um, I've had one for about a year or two now, and I received an email last week stating that my interest rate was now going to be 2%, and it had been around, I, I think it was like two and a quarter or two and a half percent at one time. So um, I knew that was coming just from the news and everything, but I went to Bankrate and found a bank on there that was uh, giving you 2.42%, I believe it was. Yeah, the best in the nation right now is something called VIO or VIO. Is that the one you saw? That is the one I saw, yes. Um, My apprehension about it was that they've only been around since last year. So... I was wondering if these banks that are on bank rate, including that one, if if they're all safe to put my money into. As long as they are FDIC insured, which any bank listed on the bank rate survey will be FDIC insured, and as long as you're not sitting there with more than $250,000, it is absolutely fine for you to put your money in any of these online banks. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that was my main concern. And then I was wondering, is is it any big deal to go from bank to bank, you know, that, that's paying the, the highest interest rate? Or, or is no problem not? with that at all. Um, banks count on us being creatures of habit, that once we've done something, that we don't change it. But right. you going from your 2.0 to a 2.42, you know, if you have substantial money in there, that will mean a meaningful difference to you and what you'll have at the end of the year. And there's no consequence to you for bank hopping. And they don't even worry about it because so few people do it. So 
if you can go earn more elsewhere and they're FDIC insured, go for it. And I think I explained recently why, Terry, there are so many of these online banks popping up. And it's because the big banks that control uh, half of all banking in the United States have decided that they don't need to pay any interest to people. That's why they all pay pretty much zero. And they just dare their customers to show some get up and go and go take their savings elsewhere, knowing that most people won't do anything about it and will just leave their money earning nothing. And so there are more and more people who say, no, I don't want to earn nothing at all. And they go to one of these online banks and get better rates. Robbie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robbie. How are you, Clark? Great. Thank you, Robbie. You are headed to Paris. Headed to Paris in March. 25th anniversary is in February. We bought tickets for half the price toward the end of March. Uh, airline, uh, April 1st, the tickets almost doubled. Now that is, that is so exciting that you get to celebrate your 25th wedding anniversary. That is just great. And Paris, have you ever been to Paris? No. It's a great destination. I mean, it's really, really fun. Uh, one thing I will tell you, um, so you don't mess up your anniversary trip, have a money pouch because a lot of pickpockets in the tourist areas of Paris, which is also true a lot of other tourist-oriented cities, but it just happens a lot in Paris. You can go yeah. to Target and buy one for like $8 or buy one online for somewhere between 5 and $10. And it goes around your neck, strap goes around your neck, and the pouch, you just put down your shirt into your pants. Oh, that's not a good and idea. Th- then you just have a few euros in your pocket, maybe one credit card. Take a picture of each of your passports on your smartphone. Gotcha. And keep your passports in the safe at your hotel. Good deal. Well, here's our here's my, my main question is, I've, I've got the good deal on the flight. We're going into March because it'll be not so cold, but it's not April. It's um, finding a place to stay. I've been on all the major sites, and you can go on even the ones that are not hotel chains, and they all have pros and cons. The majority of them have the same uh, cons as they do pros. But it's, the problem is where to stay. Where, how do you tell, if you don't do a lot of traveling, how do you tell where you're going to stay is in a good spot? Because you might find somewhere that's close to the Eiffel Tower, or you might find somewhere that's somewhere else. But when you, when you go looking, it's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to be in a spot where everything's going to be sort of close. Um, and is it better just to look at major hotel chains when you're going over there? Not, not necessary to, at all. And I want to give you some some strategies for you to find what you're looking for. So um, in big cities around the world, even if you're not using them to book a trip, Airbnb.com has a thing where it describes individual neighborhoods in big cities. And producer Kim just pulled up for me in Paris. Airbnb has descriptions of 29 major neighborhoods in Paris. Mm -hmm. And you can read through them and see what feels like you and what doesn't feel like you. you I searched that, but I only saw 
the list of neighborhoods, and it's quite impressive. But how do you know that that neighborhood is where you're supposed to be? All right, so that brings me to the second part of this equation is TripAdvisor. That when you're looking at an individual hotel and you're thinking, you know, I would really like to stay, I think, in that hotel. If you go look it up on TripAdvisor, you'll see if the hotel's really any good or not based on the ratings. And you'll also read, if you go read extensively the reviews of a hotel, you'll be able to see what people like and don't like about it. And one of the main criteria people judge a hotel by is whether they feel safe in a neighborhood and like the neighborhood's proximity to the main tourist attractions you're going to want to see. Okay. So it's a methodical thing where you just write, take notes because you'll get overwhelmed pretty quickly as you try to cross-reference hotels and neighborhoods and locations. Yeah, now, it's, been, it's been quite daunting so far to, to go and start looking, and if you you just see so much, it's hard to make a decision. And you think, well, I'm going to make a wrong decision, and, you know. No, you're not going to make a wrong decision. All right, let me tell you some things. If you stick to a TripAdvisor hotel rated four and a half circles, there's almost none that are five circles, and are rated four stars or higher, you're going to have a great hotel. Okay. Um, that's number one. Number two, book a hotel right now that's refundable. Because the yeah. rates you're seeing now are higher than are going to be available close to your uh, anniversary trip. But yeah. you're going to be nervous, I can tell, since this isn't a normal kind of adventure for you, waiting till when I would wait, which is really close to departure. So book so you a recommend maybe doing that? Well, I want you, because you don't travel a lot, go ahead and do the research I'm talking about. Book the best guess you can on where you'd want to stay it's a refundable booking. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks before you go, go read my briefing on how to shop for a hotel on Priceline mm-hmm. and go look at the Priceline listings. And more often than not, you'll be able to get a really high-end hotel, a four- or five-star hotel, at under $125 a night, two weeks out or less. Since you mentioned them, do you recommend a hotel as opposed to Airbnb? you know, that's really a lifestyle choice. That's a personal choice. If you like the idea of having your own kitchen and being able to stretch out in your own living room, look at Airbnb. Um, If you really feel like you're going to be out and about most of the time, stay in a hotel. I've done both. My preference for me is a hotel. Today's Clark Rageous moment is just an early warning system, something that happens every fall. People looking for extra money for Christmas shopping are really keen on joining multi-level marketing organizations. But even though there are legitimate multi-levels, most of them, most people lose money in. I shared how much money recently. It was really surprising. But also, there are so many crooked ones. One that was really popular for a while was AdvoCare. Well, they've now been busted by the feds for misleading people about how much money they'd make. And now they have to pay $150 million in penalties for the money they took from people promising big earnings in multi-level. 
you know, the, the FTC complaint, Federal Trade Commission complaint, says that people paid thousands of dollars to buy inventory and become, quote-unquote, distributors, but the distributors really didn't make any money from product. They only made money from recruiting other people, and that is the key smell test with any multi-level is the money made from selling product or service to strangers or is the real money made recruiting other people? If the real money is made recruiting other people, then it crosses the line generally and will not be a legitimate business opportunity. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website ClarkDeals.com is where you find bargains, deals all through the day and night. Some of the deals we post now are travel deals. And if you buy one of those deals and you're going to go somewhere, so many people traveling for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and many people who travel through the Thanksgiving to New Year's period, it's the only trip by air you'll take all year. So... There's a few rules of the air I'm going to make sure that you are attuned to. Since last year, the three full-fare airlines, American, United, and Delta, and the mid-priced airline, Alaska, have all started doing a big push selling what is generally generically called, and by some airlines actually what it's called, basic economy. And so if you are shopping for fares, almost always what's going to pop up, if you're looking, particularly at American United and Delta, what's going to pop up are going to be these basic economy fares, which on United doesn't even get you a carry-on bag permitted. On On American United and Delta, not allowed to have a seat assignment. Your ticket's non-refundable no matter what. And the seat they will give you, more often than not, will be a center seat. That's just the way it is. You'll board last. If you have brought a carry-on, that carry-on will probably 90% of the time be taken from you, and you won't pay for it to be checked, but it'll be put in the belly of the airplane. So... With that being known by you, it's important that you have your medicines, electronics, um, spare pair of glasses, if you wear prescription glasses, one set of clothing, anything you're going to have to have if the airline loses your bag. Bags get lost more often from the Thanksgiving through New Year's period. Why? Because the weather can be more iffy. More people flying in very compressed periods of time, the airline systems get strained. And so you don't want to be in a position where they take your bag away from you, and then there you are without the prescription you're supposed to take three times a day or whatever. You know, um, Gosh, if you had everything in your carry-on, they take it from you and they lose it, You might not even have a toothbrush. I mean, that's why you always want to have something that you can take with you with electronics, whatever. I have a backpack 
that will fit. And I have a micro carry-on that I take anytime I fly United and Basic Economy and whenever I fly Allegiant, Spirit, or Frontier. Because with all of them, a carry-on bag, you have to pay and pay dearly for. So you got to know that. Check bags now, it's very hard for most people to avoid high check baggage charges. I do not check a bag, period. I don't do it. I won't do it. And when airlines started going to charging, I used to own my own skis. They were older. I gave them away. I rent skis now when I go because it's cheaper in most cases than paying for the baggage charges. And you should know that Southwest is still doing what they've uh, continued to do through prior holiday seasons and all year long. You can check two bags free and you can bring a carry-on and you can bring a personal item like a backpack. So all that's free and that should be considered as you're buying something. If you do need to check bags, being able to fly on Southwest if they serve where you're going to and from, it's just a, a massive money savings. When you do check a bag, this goes along with what I've been telling you recently about staying in a hotel, staying in an Airbnb, renting a car. Use your smartphone to protect yourself. Take a picture. One travel blogger is so obsessed with this that they always take a picture of their boarding pass at the time they're checking the bag so that there's no question what bag they had. Another travel blogger always takes a picture after they pack their bag but before they close it so that if the bag goes missing, airlines will fight you hand-to-hand combat, not literally but figuratively, over paying you for the missing contents and deny that you had this, that, or the other, that's why the idea of taking a picture of your suitcase before you close it is really important if it's never found again and you're having to make a claim. Because big money is at stake. An airline has to pay you big money now if your bag goes missing and you can document what you had in it. Because 3500 the document was the maximum amount you can claim now and it used to be just nothing and so now the airlines are fighting you every time you make a claim and saying how do we know you really had that purse or how do we know you had that fancy pair of shoes or whatever so taking a picture of your suitcase before you close it is a really great idea but the outside as well because if they damage the bag airlines will say well prove to us It wasn't damaged before you checked it with us. How are you ever going to do that? And that's why the idea from a blogger of taking a picture with the boarding pass. Most trips are going to come off just fine. But when you're booking winter travel or cold weather season travel, unless you hate yourself, don't book the last flight of the day. Book early in the day because that gives you more possibilities of getting to where you're going in the event there's weather problems equipment problems or whatever when you 
book yourself for early in the day rather than the last flight out. You see all those people sleeping in airport terminals in the winter, particularly during a holiday? It's because they didn't book the first or early flight out. Alan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Alan. Hey, good afternoon to you. Well, good afternoon to you. How can I serve you, Alan? Oh, I, um, my son, oh, a few weeks a few weeks ago came to me and asked me um, if he could borrow out of his 529 college fund to learn about, to take a course in day trading, okay? And here, uh, not just, okay. Not okay. I, I have never so. had a question like that about a 529 <laughs> plan ever, ever. How old is your son that he wants to well, put his college money at risk in day trading? He's an enterprising young man. He's 20 years old. He's got about two years of college under his belt, and he just wants to take a, a year off. He, he thinks he's the next Bill Gates, which he's not, but he thinks he is. And <laughs> he wants to own his own business and blah, blah, blah. And this particular setup, and they want him to pay $11,000, yeah. for a nine-week course, and then after the course, he will use their money to day trade, and he will get 60%. Yeah. <laughs> that does not compute. All right, so first of all, um, I've never heard of any day trading system where they put their money at risk and then split profits with you. I think that's baloney. Number two... Wow. The amount your son has been quoted for a day trading training program is in the realm of what they usually charge. But yes, sir. day trading, in my opinion, is a horrifically terrible thing to do. Yes, sir. People lose uh, a lot more money than they ever potentially hope to gain. And the tax treatment is hideous. On day trading. So there can be, your son could lose a substantial amount of money and still owe the IRS a massive amount of tax the way um, short-term gains are taxed. Okay. So, um, wow, I'm I'm shallow breathing here. I can't believe it. I am actually (laughs) shallow breathing, worried about your son and this money. Um, But with a 529 plan... There is a loophole if your son stayed enrolled in college where okay. money could come out of the 529 tax and penalty free. But if he's mm-hmm. not enrolled and it's not used for eligible expenses, then it's not only taxable, but there's yeah. a 10% penalty that comes right off the top. Okay. So, um, gosh, I. Okay, I'm trying to breathe. All right. Well, Clark, it, it didn't sound right to me. At, at first, he wanted to, to know about a credit card to see how he could get his credit card, credit score up to 650 because he wanted to borrow borrow $11,000 to take this course. And he started talking to me, and I said, it just doesn't sound right. And then recently, I've, I've been listening to you, and I said, you know, I'll call, I'll call uh, Clark Howard. What if, what, what if you got say. him to call me? I, I love that he has an entrepreneurial spirit. He does. I love that he wants to 
really excel financially, but Mm -hmm. I don't want him to, I mean, think how debilitating it is if he goes into debt to pay $11,000 to someone who then ends up ripping him off, or even if they don't, doing the day trading rips him off. Yeah. I looked at Sam and I said, Sam, what could possibly go wrong with this situation? Okay, that's perfect. So see if you can get Sam to call me and let me deliver bad news to him instead of you delivering the bad news to him because he doesn't know me and you're his dad. So (laughs) I'm happy to give him the bad news and keep him out of that. Now, Maureen, you have a question about college as well, but yours is a lot more normal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good to hear. Um, Well, hi, Clark. I hope you're doing well today. I am. I hope you are as well. How can I serve you? I am. So my oldest child is a senior in high school right now, and she is in the midst of going through the college application process. So it's been real fun. But I have a question for you on the FAFSA form, the free application for federal student aid form. The nightmare form. Yes, I last (laughs) filled one out. uh, Was that two years ago? Right, I filled one out two years ago. And um, it's it's tough. Well, there's my question for you. I I wanted to know, is it worth it to fill it out? Because I'm afraid that we might be over the... um, quote-unquote income yes absolutely you fill it out because even if you are a higher income earner it's the starting point for everything and there are any of a number of colleges that uh, may in fact offer based on a number of criteria money for your daughter but it's going to first require that you have done the fafsa okay so it is worth it to do it is something you set aside time where nobody interrupts you and just fill that thing out and there'll be some things you got to maybe get supporting documents as well. Take your time, get those things, fill it out as accurately as you can because you don't know. You may be able to come up with some money for her. Okay, that's great. And then I heard somewhere else that filling it out as early as possible is the way to go and I'm curious why that is the case the theory behind that is that with the colleges she may apply to she applies to places for early decision having back have them having access to the fafsa is valuable for them putting together the offer that will include whatever financial assistance they would make okay so that's why is so many high school seniors apply for early decision or early acceptance, the two different processes. And having the FAFSA already in the can is really a good thing to do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Suzanne's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Suzanne. You're thinking of buying a lake house. Yes. I want to sell the house that we're in and then move to the lake, but we have been looking for this lake house for over two years now. And nothing's exactly right so far? Right, right. But recently, um, I inherited some money, and so... um, Well, I'm sorry you lost a loved one. Yes, he was a very good friend of mine. I'm very Um, sorry. Thank you. Um, On my mortgage on the house that we're currently in, we owe about $74,000. And so my husband thinks that we should either just pay this house off completely or pay it down to the halfway mark and continue to look for our lake house. And if we paid it all off, that would still leave us over 30 grand in the bank. But I think we should just leave the money in the bank until we find the lake house. So, so the I told him I was to you. Let's look at it a different way. The 30000 how many months of living expenses would 30000 cover? Oh, my gosh. Um, 18 months or All more? Right. So you, you live a very, very frugal lifestyle. Correct. I have no problem with you wiping out your mortgage, being mortgage debt-free, and every month while you're looking for the lake house, take what you would have paid in your mortgage and put it into your savings that you will have partially depleted and start building up from the 30 again. I think in this case, your husband's right, although I always say that you're right, but in this case, I think (laughs) he may be right. And you just wipe that out, and you'll still have enough money likely for a down payment on the lake house, even if you haven't been able to sell your own home yet. Because you said you're going to move full-time there and sell the home you're in, right? Correct. Yeah, so I think think your husband is on the right path. Okay, so just go ahead and pay it off completely. Yes. Now, does that have any tax ramifications on us? Not at all. Okay. Mortgage interest deduction basically is worth nothing at where you are you're probably taking the standard deduction anyway so you don't need to worry a bit just enjoy being mortgage debt free because i can tell you it's a really great feeling (laughs) so oh nobody anything and you still have savings that you're going to be able to build up from here you're listening to the clark howard show Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.